Ryan, what was your biggest takeaway from this summer of events? You can sleep when you're dead. Hey, I'm Cal, and you're listening to the Playing With Power podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things CEDH, EDH, and Magic the Gathering. Now, let's start out by showcasing our fighters this evening. Today, I'm joined by Ryan, longtime original host of the Playing With Power podcast, who I'm sure his voice you know and love. Ryan, why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about our summer of events, what we liked, what we didn't like, and maybe how you can have a better time if you choose to go to these events yourself. But before we go any further, I wanted to talk quickly about our sponsors. TC's Rockets has one of the largest selection of toys, comics, and games in San Diego. With thousands of Magic the Gathering cards being added to their online store every morning, you never know what deals you'll find at tcsrockets.com. You can also keep up with the games by tuning into their Twitch streams every Tuesday and Friday for live paper magic. Fuel up and check out TC's Rockets today. Looking to pick up some fun CEDH merch that also supports our channel? Check out our store. We have a variety of clothing designs and even Dragon Shield playing with power logo sleeves. Check out the podcast description for more information. And when we do this podcast, we also like to shout out one lucky patron. And that lucky patron today is Moxfield. Because that was what the random look, random number generator gave us. So hey, thank. I mean, a they lot, Moxfield. They literally are a they're literally a supporter of ours. So thank you, Moxfield, very much. And check out Moxfield if you haven't already. They are a fantastic site. I agree. I love I love throwing all of my terrible deck ideas into Moxfield.com and letting them rot. I agree one hundred percent. Your deck ideas are terrible. <laughs> I <laughs> All right, all right. So as Ryan said, um, we're going to be talking about our summer of events. This summer, we were lucky enough to be able to attend tons and tons and tons of events. And we're going to sit down, talk about them a little bit, what we liked, maybe what we didn't like, maybe what you should know if you're going to events. And we're starting it off right at the top, all the way back in March, months ago now. I went to Marchesa 2022. This was a CEDH tournament. Uh, also with some uh, side events for, I think, Popper and Conquest and Legacy, which was pretty cool. Um, it was my first CEDH-specific event that I ever got to go to, which was sweet. Um, it was in Seattle. Traveling to the West Coast from the Midwest is a little bit tough. Um, a little bit of jet lag. Coming back on the red eye. Woo, never fun. <laughs> take, off at, take off at 10 p.m., land at 10 a.m. local time. <laughs> But um, it was a blast. It was my first chance to meet so many people um, that I had been talking to on Twitter for a while. I managed to make the top 16 playing my beloved deck. Um, Teamer Pirates, Tropical Malcolm, Teamer Glinthorn Combo, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, and honestly, it was kind of my ideal type of event um, with the knowledge that I gained all of this summer. Um, I just got to sit down and play CDH. I got to hang out with a lot of people that I know and love. Um, and honestly, these are the exact kind of events I would heavily encourage you to go to if you are into CDH and enjoy playing CDH. It's great to go to a tournament or a weekend long event that is fully focused on what you enjoy playing. It was a great experience. So tell me, where are some similarities and differences between maybe Marchesa and some of the other ones we're about to talk about? Maybe not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you, you said this is specifically a CDH tournament, right? And this isn't necessarily a con per se. So what were some things that you kind of 
you know, what were similarities and differences so people could get an idea of what they're about to get into or maybe if they're looking at it? Oh, for sure. Um, so similarities and differences? Differences is definitely a much longer list. Um, since it was so specialized and since it was put on by, you know, Monarch rather than Channel Fireball or Star City Games or something like that, um, it was a much smaller event. I forget how many of us were there, but it was like under under 150, I think where, you know, you go to these really big events and it is an entire uh, hall in a convention center where people are there for all types of reasons. Like, obviously, a lot of people are there for the command zone, but people come from in town just to sell cards to vendors and people come to play in the modern or standard or limited or whatever main event and all that kind of stuff. So this was kind of so much of what I enjoy about those events was just like distilled down into this where I got to hang out with people. That's a similarity between the two. Like one of the biggest things I learned this summer is that the main uh, reason I like going to these events is because I just get to hang out with people and play magic. Definitely got to do that at this event, except um, I got to do it in a tournament setting. That was definitely another difference. You know, when we're going to these events as commander players, our interaction with the game is that we're going to go to the command zone. uh, We're going to sit in there. We're going to find some games. Obviously we record games um, for that kind of stuff, which is a little more serious than just jam and pick up games with people. But uh, it was a very focused tournament experience at Marchesa where we were sitting down, making sure we're following the rules. A decent bit of money on the line. Some clout on the line, you know, none of some of us care about clout around here. <laughs> Bragging uh, rights. <laughs> so that, that's, those are kind of a little bit of similarities and differences, if you followed my drift through that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say that there are people that go to conventions looking for that experience and don't quite get it, especially yeah, when you're sure. talking about playing Commander. Because Commander and the Command Zone, is just, it's pickup games. And sometimes, depending on the convention and who's running it, they might have a CEDH tournament. We'll have more about that later. (laughs) Which we'll get to in here just a little bit. But yeah, this is actually, you know, dedicated, specifically run. Cal was the only one who actually went out to this. Um, We were gearing up to going to these tournaments and he was able to basically make his schedule work and no one else was. So he was sent out there and and then all the other conventions fall very shortly afterwards. Yeah, so uh, obviously Ryan and others weren't able to join me that one, but we got a lot of the team out to the next one, which was SCG Con Indianapolis. Ryan, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So SCG Con Indianapolis was kind of our inaugural event that we were finally kind of coming out of the pandemic and coming out of webcam only magic and coming out of our houses for the first time in I don't know how long, where we're actually getting together at a convention and playing with other people in a big setting. Um, And so as such, it was a very, very exciting time. It was, we were so excited to go to this. We were so geared up to finally, you know, meet some people in real life and meet some people that we had met online and, and even just things like team members that are in, you know, not close to us geographically that we finally get to see again for you know, literally almost a year at some points. And that was just, there was a lot of excitement around that. Just the idea that it was the first event. And we booked, uh, it was an Airbnb because some other people, some friends, some non-team members or whatever, they wanted to actually come to it as well. And we were like, yeah, let's all get an Airbnb together. It'll be a great time. We'll have a lot of fun. And so we booked an Airbnb 
And then we drove out to Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, which is where the event was held. Yeah. Very, um, very we nice are, in- yeah, Sorry. we're actually yeah. close to Indiana, so we could actually make a drive out there as you know, so it didn't actually require any sort of flights or anything. However, uh, Noah flew out to join us. Uh, he's the Bostonian of us. So, so good luck to Noah. Why we paid for his plane ticket, I still don't know. Uh, to this day, I don't understand. But the general, but this is this first convention is where we kind of laid our groundwork for how we were going to do conventions. We kind of felt out the first day, decided that the second day was going to be recording, and the third day was when people kind of had to start you know, traveling back and stuff like that. So they kind of only get half days and things along those lines. And so that this first convention was the one where we really said, this is going to be kind of our structure, not only from a like channel slash, you know, playing with power perspective, but just us personally as well. Hey, what do you do the first day? Hey, what do you do the second day? What do you do the third day? So before I go any farther and go into some of the pros and cons of this convention, how does your day look, Cal? when you're like going to SCG con Indianapolis or maybe any convention at all. Yeah. So it's definitely a little bit unique being a member of playing with power. Uh, when I go to these things for playing with power stuff, because um, we do mix business and pleasure quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously we're there to have fun, but we're also there to uh, meet people who want to meet us. And we're there to um, record games for the channel. It's a very big part of it. Get to get, meet a lot of people, get a lot of people on camera And so how that kind of works out is, as you alluded to a bit, you know, show up on Friday, get settled, um, and then we're often hit the vendors because if you want to buy awesome magic cards, blingy magic cards, anywhere from the most destroyed magic card to the mintiest, most expensive magic card you've ever seen, you will be able to get that at at a Command Fest or a SCG Con or something like that. There are always multiple vendors there that would love to take your money and they are usually slinging deals. Um, so a lot of times on Friday, I'll check out the vendors, um, figure out whether or not I really want to drop $120 on that foil snap. I still haven't, but I which everyone one. on the team I, has, by the way, everyone has a foil Urza's well, legacy I, snap. Now I bought dual lands instead this summer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was what, that was my convention spending, <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, Friday, get settled in. Usually, definitely jam a few games, but a lot more chill, hanging out with people. Um, Friday night is usually when the fun begins. Um, Lobby con is usually really where it's at. A lot of people will leave the hall, go and get food. You know, you got to find people to get food with. Go hang out with people, get food. And then you like come back. Everyone magically convenes back into some random hotel lobby. And then you play magic and drink alcohol until like four o'clock in the morning. And then you go to bed. And then you get up at 7 a.m. and you do it again. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly then, right. It's what we all do. It's fun. Yep. And then uh, Saturday Saturday is definitely the kind of the business day of the weekend from the Playing With Power perspective where we show up. We try to get there early. We bring in our recording equipment. Uh, we claim a table or two in the command zone. We set up our cameras. And then we take shifts under the camera. Um, one Playing With Power member, two Playing With Power members get people to sign up. Originally, we weren't having people sign up. First come, first serve. Um, Get under the camera, play some CDH games with the channel. Boom, boom, boom. That's all of Saturday. Uh, Lobby con again. Sunday, Mm -hmm. chill day. Usually by noon or 2 p.m., we're exhausted. We want to go home. People going back to the airport, driving home, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of the flow of the weekend. And that's, we really started to kind of uh, 
establish that on uh, the first indie event. And I know you had a very exciting Friday with the vendors at SCG Con Indie. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So basically, you're absolutely right. This is pretty much the flow that all of us kind of pseudo adopted. We got in there, kind of took a lap if you will, like got our lay of the land and walked around the entire convention and got, you know, our bearings of what was where, Hey, where's the command zone at? Where are the vendors at restrooms? And, you know, just that little logistical stuff real quick. And we, once we did that, that's when we all were like, we all just scatter, you know, maybe go in groups of two, but like, we just, we don't see each other for hours because there are artists there that sign cards and, you know, sell prints and tokens and stuff like that and, car- and all this other you know, proofs. Oh, it's, it's so cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely got to visit all the artists. Yeah. Too. And the artists. And then there's there's all the vendors of which there are usually, you know, in most cases, lots of them. And they sell anything, like you said, from the most junked up, beat up, whatever card to the craziest, like signed Christopher Rush Black Lotuses and stuff like that. That stuff you can find at these conventions. And so I, you know, pandemic been sitting in there for three years and I had either received cards from sets. I've cracked boxes and stuff like that, even though I only played on webcam and I kind of uh, accumulated this massive binder of cards I just don't ever use. And I was like, you know what, let's go see what they're worth. And so went to a couple of different places and they'll give you credit. If you trade in, if you, you know, just like they do at an LGS, I'll give you extra, you know, credit towards a trade in if you're going to trade versus actually just need cash and sat there for, I want to say maybe 90 minutes as he went through all of these binders that I had just crazy amounts of binders. And and I was like, well, you know, just look through and see what you want. And, and they were like, I want it all. Like they wanted everything, everything that they could possibly, they they took my whole binder with the exception of maybe 10 cards. And it was one of those 360 slot binders. They took it everything. And basically after that two hour experience, I was able to get a bazaar of Baghdad and a library of Alexandria out of it. And that's the type of stuff you really can only do at the conventions. I was so excited. I was thrilled about it. It was so neat. And it just, it set such a really good high point for the day and for the weekend, maybe I should say I had, it was so cool just to kind of hold those cards for the first time, like that were actually mine. And that was really just, it just kind of put me on cloud nine for the rest of the weekend. But I, I, I highly recommend you also do that. Um, if you go to these conventions, bring your binders that you of cards you never use, but maybe your LGS is, you know, maybe not have a card that you really want. They just never seem to get it in stock. Take them to one of these events. Um, I don't think I did any trading with anybody local, like in the, it, like at the sit down tables and anything like that. I, I actually, it was almost all reserved for vendors at that point because their stock was just, I mean, it was just bigger, you know, there's nothing against the people with binders sitting around the table. It was just they had a huge stock and had just about everything you could ever want. So and they uh, some of them offered really good credit, like 30 percent plus. It was really, really good. Um, So, yeah, that was that was kind of my experience. And then, like you said, the rest of it was, you know, basically what you said went hard Friday night. You could sleep when you're dead was my logo was just kind of my catchphrase the entire weekend. You could sleep when you're dead for that, Ryan. Yeah. Too sleepy of a guy. (laughs) You know, you could sleep when you're dead, Cal. 
That's what you need to, because you would just you would just go and you would just you'd stay up till two a.m. We played at the Airbnb for Indianapolis, but we would go to different ones depending upon the convention, which we'll get to. And you would just wake up, and we did the playing with power thing. You set up, and we would have first come first serve, which we kind of adapted, which we'll get to a little bit later. But and we just did that until either our batteries ran out or our footage ran out or we were just or they call kicked us out. That's basically what we did. We did it until something else stopped us. And then Sunday, everyone after Saturday nights, you know, drinking slash slash magic slash eating fiascos and stuff like that. We were kind of we kind of, you know, drug ourselves in on a Sunday as we were a little bit more worn out, but still had a good time, played a little bit. And then that usually signifies the end of the convention. Yeah, so focusing back up on Indy a little tiny bit, one thing I do remember from Indy was that uh, it was one of the, the there they they sold out the command zone and I think had to expand it twice. the The hype for Commander at that event was huge. The command zone, especially on Saturday, was just like actually full to the gills, ran out of space, people standing around waiting for tables, and it was not small. That was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was a. That was an interesting part because I think also kind of going back to what we were saying, it was the first one. It was like, hey, we're back, folks. Let's do this. And everyone was really ready to do that as well. And so it was it was it was wall to wall. We got there at 10 and we couldn't give up our table. We had to stay at our table because it really was packed from the front to the back. Not like, oh, it's pseudo packed. Literally every single table. You could not find a table in the command zone, which was actually kind of crazy if you think about it, because there was a lot of tables there. And you're right. They did. They sold out very quickly. And there was still it. But it was an SCG con. This wasn't a command fest where it's all just commander. It was just this was SCG con where there was a huge command zone. It was full. Tournaments were running. They were firing off every five seconds. It was it was an absolutely crazy event from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. A great event from top to bottom. It um, was an okay event from top to bottom. <laughs> Zach had a bad Zach had a bad experience with food. I had a great time. No, I had a fantastic time. However, there is some there, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect convention. And I'm that and really what we're gonna be talking about here is just some nitpicky things. There they really are, because if you prep your convention experience a little bit more, it's not as bad. Um <clears throat> There was Indianapolis was probably the worst place to have a convention. It's awful from a city perspective. It's so funny because like it's theoretically an excellent uh, convention city. Like they built it entirely around the convention center downtown. But for whatever reason, if you're trying to get dinner past 7 p.m., good luck. Unless you want like Italian food. You mean pizza? (laughs) (laughs) The book at the Beppo. What's my pizza? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, so it's like you're yeah. absolutely right. It was it was bad from that perspective, and I think part of that was because it was still kind of in that tail end of people are kind of really still afraid to get together, pandemic kind of stuff, <clears throat> and like I think this maybe wouldn't have been a problem as much if it wasn't for the fact that. None of the vendors were open at the convention center itself. 
all the food vendors and stuff like that were not open. And the other conventions that we went to this year didn't have that. They were actually open and you can like maybe get something, some like overpriced chicken fingers or whatever it might be. But at least you could get something. If you wanted to get anything at the convention center, you had to walk like a mile. It felt like a way to like a mall where all of the food court was like there was like maybe three out of five that were actually open and they were closing at like 7 p.m. And the convention didn't close until like eight or nine ish or something like that. And so you had to almost like cut your day short just to make sure you could get a meal. And it, it, that part was just I think that was more pandemic than anything yeah, else. But. Now that now that you mention it, um, like I, w- I was there for like Gen Con later in the summer. And we are also there for another event, Command Fest, uh, Indianapolis later in the summer. And I recall both of those times, I definitely didn't really have any problems getting food or anything. Like exactly. That. So, I think this was kind of isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of isolated to just this, hey, we're at the end of pandemic kind of thing. And so those were, those were a couple of, you know, smudges on the time. Like, it is true. Zach had like zero good food the entire time. He was like, he was like, oh, for six or something. It was bad. Um, we we went to an Airbnb. That was how we did our travel accommodations. So we said, oh, Airbnb, it's the way to go. You can get so many more people and it's 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 so much more affordable. Things have changed. But <laughs> um, so we went yep. to an Airbnb and they have a kitchen. And so we, you know, ordered food that night. And, and it was Zach, just a poor guy. He just did not. He just kind of really missed out a lot of times on the food. Yep. So after Indy, we moved on to SEG Pittsburgh. I wasn't there. So, Ryan, you're on your own on this one. Sure. So, I mean, there isn't really going to be a whole lot extra to say about this one that hasn't already been said. Um, We went to this one as well. We uh, booked an Airbnb. Um, I realized that I still had more cards, <laughs> so, yeah, a whole binder actually full of extra cards that were just kind of sitting in boxes. That's how, that's how, that's how much I had accumulated over the course of that, of the three years. And so I decided to do the same thing, but this time it was a little bit more structured. We kind of like, okay, that what we did last time worked. Let's do that again. The Friday where you get the lay of the land and you get your artist stuff signed and stuff like that. Um, we went to that one and it was, there were a lot of the time was spent. We started to realize certain nuances and stuff that definitely concreted that, um, which we'll kind of get to in the tips and the tricks at the end. But like, for example, um, gosh, Mark Teden was there at that event and we got signatures for Mark Teden and it was, it took a while, but you know, that's, that's, but that's another thing. And but one of the things that I did, other than this, that kind of formulaic thing, we came in on Friday. Actually, we came in Thursday and did the Friday thing, uh, Friday night thing. Saturday, we set up and recorded. Sunday, we kind of drug ourselves in (laughs) and played a little bit and stuff. But I did bring my binder, uh, my extra cards. I didn't have as many this time, but I was able to get two more really expensive uh, reserve list cards. They weren't, you know, they weren't as expensive uh, as like the library and stuff like that. But they were, they were definitely something. Um, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. It was a Chains of Mephistopheles and a Legends Eureka. So still, you know, we're talking like 
like it was a lot of money. <laughs> they were they were pricey, but uh, it was really cool to do that again. I, my my binder was officially yeeted. I didn't have anything left. I I drug the bottom of the barrel at that point. But um, this was kind of when we really were starting to feel the the pain of Airbnbs, though. Um, I was like, I was like, how much was this? To, I was like, and I was kind of crunching some numbers. I was like, this doesn't feel cheaper. What am I missing? Um, you had to make your own breakfast and they had, oh, don't forget to clean up after yourself and don't forget to do this. You get charged a cleaning fee or you get charged of this fee or that fee or this other fee. And, oh, we're only going to give you one trash bag. And like for the whole weekend for like 10 people, it was that like, was a problem what? we had at the indie Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> it was, we had like, and just a lot of stuff like that, where it was starting to become, we were starting to really question the validity of having a bunch of people stay at an Airbnb at these conventions. It was starting to, that we were starting to kind of feel the effects of that. And it really wasn't what everyone was saying it was going to be. And so we, we didn't swear it off yet. We were kind of just saying, Hey, is there a trend emerging here? Because right now we're kind of two for two here, but on the whole, we were definitely starting to not, we, we liked the Airbnb experience from the fact that we could go back and still continue to play all night long while we drank or, you know, partied or had fun or whatever. But we were realizing how much we were paying for that experience. And we realized kind of later on as we go through the summer of events that, you know, we could probably do this in a hotel lobby like so many other people do all the time. Um, so like I said, SEG Con Pittsburgh, very similar to Indianapolis, not really a whole lot of differences, same number of vendors, you know, still a good time. Pittsburgh was better as a city to have one in, you know, things I guess were maybe opened up a little bit more at that point. But like I said, I don't, I don't begrudge Indianapolis too hard for that because of pandemic stuff. Yep. And after we had a little bit of a break, I think there was a month or so, or maybe a few weeks or something. And then we were headed off to Command Fest Richmond, um, the grand return of Command Fests, uh, a concept they were experimenting with a little bit right before COVID struck. There were mm -hmm. three big ones that were largely heralded as successes. And then obviously we had to uh, stay home for like the next three years. Mm -hmm. But uh, Command Fest Richmond, it was awesome. Um, Boulder's Gate pre-release weekend. Um, SE, uh, Star City Games um, kind of pulled out some stops a little bit compared to some other events. They invited a lot of content creators to come out there, including ourselves. Thank you, SCG, for getting us into that event for free. Love that. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, it was different than a lot of these other events where uh, you had to pay to get in the door, and then you once you were in the door, you could kind of just do whatever you wanted. Um, a little bit more of a traditional convention thing rather than a uh, old Grand Prix, old SEG cons where anybody can come in. And then if you want to do anything, you have to pay money. Um, and it was, it was awesome. Boulder's Gate pre-release weekend, got to play a pre-release event with what has quickly become one of my favorite sets for casual EDH of all time. Um, the same thing as Marchesa for me, got to meet so many people that I've been talking to online and, uh, chatting with for like a year plus finally got to meet him in the flesh especially spike feeders crew it was great to meet um some of those guys for the very first time great group of people but you wrote it down in the notes i'm just gonna spoil it it felt like a huge reunion in a lot of ways so many people just like coming back together after covid and mingling again for the first time in so long it was the f first big event for a lot of the content creators who were there back again all that kind of stuff. I got to see Brad Nelson play his first CEDH game. 
that was funny. But I, I loved Richmond. It was a great event for me from top to bottom. Yeah, and it's it's I think also important to note that uh so they said we're gonna launch Command Fest. And by the way, we're gonna do it in fifteen cities with fifteen like like crazy amounts. Just, yeah, we're not gonna and, like try or dip the, our toes in. No, we're gonna just jump into the pool right now. And yep. tons Rich- of them and very short notice. Richmond was I think maybe a month at most after it was announced. And from what I understand, Star City Games barely had any more notice than we did about yes. it. And that was the thing. They, you know, Command Fest was run by places like Star City and Channel Fireball. They were the runs, they were the ones running these Command Fests. And so the first one right out of the bat was Star City Games, who was did the SCG cons we just went to. So the vibe was still very similar. It all felt very familiar. And it was it was a lot of fun and it basically just parroting exactly what you said. Um, this was kind of the I don't know, I guess for some reason sent, seemed to be the tentpole one that everyone decided to go to. Like this was the one where everyone was like, yeah, let's all go to this one together and just got to meet so many people finally in person that we had talked to online uh, and on Twitter. And it was just so much fun. Had a blast playing with these people, talking to these people. Um, and yeah, there's not really much more to say other than just the, like you said, there was a little bit, it was, you, you could not get into the event without a lanyard. And if you didn't have a lanyard, you needed to go get one. And so that, that was like, I would say the only like difference difference, you know, um, they would still fire off events, but they would be like, it's the pre-release weekend. So we're going to do the, you know, Baldur's Gate drafts and, Hey, 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 let's play some, you know, here's some pickup commander. Here's some tickets to play some pickup commander and you could get tickets for your prize wall and stuff like that. Um, this is where we first ran it, ran into the, uh, when you buy a package for the weekend, you get tickets and you can use those tickets in commander games and those tickets that you win, you get to use towards the prize wall. Well, we didn't, well, some people didn't want to do that. Like I, I'm like I, I just I'm here to play CEDH and I'll play some casual. But let's face it, that's not what I'm bringing. I'm not bringing a hundred decks. I'm bringing a, you know majority CDH because it's the majority of what I play, and I'll bring like two casual decks. Well, I didn't want to circulate through a pod to somehow try and use these prize wall tickets, and it was they were making it a little bit of a fuss to do that. They were like, no, you need to, you need to go in. You need to schedule yourself. You need to go sit down, and then you need to, then you need to, you know, play the game or whatever. So we had to like come up with this like orchestration to where we were like, uh, yeah, us three, we all got together and we totally, uh, us four, you know, we all got together. We totally played a pod together. Here's the tickets. Can we get They're them like, now? Thanks. Here you go. Here's your tickets. Yeah, and that and that's so that was a little bit more fuss than it needed to be. Thank God they kind of rectified that you know, later on, but early on, that was a little bit of a friction point, but that's such a nitpick. That's such a small thing. Um, because the event was really, it was run very well, in my opinion. And it just being a command fast, you know, there was, you know, a couple of good side effects of that. Number one, there wasn't somebody blowing over the loudspeaker every five seconds saying, oh, your pod is now available. Round two rounds are posted, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, just every the five 1230. seconds. 
Yeah. Limited Boulder, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. Limited Dominaria United Sealed event is now starting. Please gather at the Red Gathering Point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just every five seconds at these conventions it does that, and I understand why. But when you're recording, that gets old. That gets real old, you know, because you can't hear what's going on. And gosh, even if you're not recording, it's like, ah, oh, gosh, would you just be quiet, please? I just want to hear myself think. Anyway, uh, Command Fest Richen, Richmond, huge success in my opinion. I think they did a great job, even with the short amount of time that they had. Yep. If if I had one tiny little nitpick, it was that it, going back to like the you know the convention pricing model where you had to pay to get in the door, and I I don't begrudge them as much as I was would begrudge some of the other um, event organizers that we went to in the summer. It, it definitely felt very close in experience to a normal event where you got in for free. And because it was such a commander focused event, when you paid to get in, um, you know, there wasn't really much else you could do. Like you could play commander, but if I wanted to take a break on Sunday or something and go draft some modern horizons two or whatever, which is something I did at another event that just like, wasn't an option. I could do Baldur's gate pre-release drafts. I could draft mystery booster convention edition. If I somehow by some miracle got the ticket for that, because everybody loves doing that. Or I could play Commander. And those were like the three options. So it felt a little weird to be so limited on options for like a pay to enter event. But, you know, they didn't have very long to put it together. Uh, some of the Command Fest and Indie jumping ahead, like pastime events, they had a lot more time to plan. And so they had panels and they had uh, special sit down and, and play games with content creator time. And they had way more artists and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was like a little more of a con feeling and that kind of stuff and that's kind of a little bit what richmond missed out on for me but you know they didn't have as much they had like a month and a half less time to prepare than a lot of the other organizers did agreed and they did very very well for what time they did have uh, there was still plenty of vendors there there was still plenty you know of stuff like that to do there the idea that there wasn't as many side events yeah but also it was also because it wasn't a you know typical like SEG con where you had like the main event and it was like a modern something or whatever. Uh, it There wasn't that there. It's not like you could have just swapped that with commander because most people don't play commander in a tournament setting. So there was this big gap of like, what are we supposed to put here? I don't really know. And um, I still think they did a fantastic job for what they had. Speaking of a fantastic job for what they had, um, Ryan, I'll let you handle this next. Event. All right. So the next one is Command Fest Vegas. And so the next of- the next weekend. Yes. We, the, yeah. Ryan, Zach and I yep. went crazy all of Richmond weekend, had four days off and then flew to Vegas. That's right. We were like, you know what? You can sleep when you're dead. So <laughs> let's go to Vegas. <laughs> and so speaking of ways that... Uh, you know, ways that you didn't have a lot of notice and ways that conventions were run really well. Command Fest Vegas was a perfect example of how not to make a convention because this one, quite frankly, it was a mess. Um, that's that's the best way I can put it. Um, you could tell that there were they were suffering on the back end really, really badly. Um, first of all, oh, you're a content creator. We had just come off of Command Fest Richmond where they were like, hey, we want these content creators to be out here. We want this to be a Command Fest because it's Commander and this is about the people. And, you know, let's get content creators who, you know, are are flagpoles in their respective communities and let's get them all together and do that. And we just came away from that. And we said, hey, Command Fest Vegas, 
you know, we saw that Richmond was doing that and we wanted to know if we could, you know, we're not asking to, you know, be given the royal treatment, you know, no red carpet, you know, or anything like that. But we were wondering if you could maybe take care of our like entry fee or something like that. Basically a big fat no from everyone, you know, just, just, they would not do it. It was just, they weren't either. They were too disorganized or they just didn't have the budget or whatever it was. I don't know what that answer is because they didn't give us one. I would would guess it was the latter one. Either way, they just ghosted us. They didn't even respond. And that was, that already put a bad taste in my mouth, but I also knew coming off of the other ones that no no event is perfect. Um, so there was no badger badges for the content creators to get in. Okay, whatever. I'll pay my entry. I'm going there to have fun too. I'm also working and we're there's something to be said about content creators being there, but we won't get into that. Um we get there, no lanyards. Uh for anybody. For anyone. Not not just us, for anyone. No one got no one got lanyards. And I was like, oh, what a tiny nitpick that is, too. Some people collect these. They collect these lanyards. They hang them on their walls. They're like badges to say that I'm there. Just like there's people that get a, a convention playmat and have everyone sign it kind of thing. These are things that these are these little things that really kind of make the convention experience there. And when it's absent, that adds up. Like this is absent. That's absent. This third thing's absent. If you'll notice, there wasn't like one giant problem that happens whenever a convention's bad. It's always like a lot of little things. So no lanyards. Okay, whatever. That's fine. We could still deal with that. My my weekend isn't ruined because there was no lanyard. You know, whatever. They crammed us into a tiny little, con- two sets of little conference rooms the first day. It was completely jam-packed. It's like they had no idea how many tickets they even sold, even though they sold out. So I'll say that again. They sold out of tickets, and it felt like they didn't know how many they sold. We were all crammed into these tiny little conference rooms where you couldn't move. You couldn't do anything. It was just, it was bad. It was really bad. It was completely jam-packed. Uh, when we were there, there was a flesh and blood tournament going on uh, in the another convention hall. It was the big, big convention hall. A lot of people were confused. They thought that was the command fest. No, we were relegated to some tiny conference rooms upstairs. And then uh, the flesh and blood tournament was pretty packed though. They yeah, it was, it there. was actually, it was popping good for them. It was great. Um, and then, so then the second day they actually got a hall and they moved everybody into that hall. They like three quarter of the way filled up that hall. I was like, what made you think that the first day, those two conference rooms were all right. Now maybe they couldn't get something sorted out or something like that. So maybe just the short notice prevented them from being able to use it. But let's just say that we didn't walk through jam-packed conference, you know, convention center that weekend. It's not like every single room was being used and we were like, oh, so glad they found the space. It was not like that. Um, And so it was just very much, they were kind of like mismanaging a lot of things and it was really starting to add up. So they jam-packed the conference rooms the first day. They three-quarter of the way filled up the hall the second day, the big, big, big convention halls, which makes you wonder how would they ever thought that the convention rooms would have worked out. While we were there, we talked about all the different vendors and all this different stuff that you can go to while you were there. And that was, oh, that's always such a fun part of it. There was one artist, one artist. Usually there's an artist alley at these conventions where there's like anywhere between five and ten artists. There was one there. And there was four vendors total. Usually you have anywhere between 12 and 16 vendors. No, there was four vendors total. 
One of them didn't take any sort of credit. So you, it's either cash or you're just, you just walk away. Um, and I know that some people try and tell me the business logistics of this, that, and the other. Get out of my face with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you are at a convention center and this is the, not the nineties. Okay. I don't care if it's hard logistically for you to make it profitable. You're there. If you want to be there, don't make, don't create so much friction because not everyone's going to be carrying around $5,000 in their pocket to buy an expensive card. And I, I could go on forever about that. I know that's not what this is all about, but like it was, there was four vendors total. One of them only took cash. So heaven forbid that you didn't bring ca a ton of cash with you while you traveled. Some people do. I don't because, and you know, fraud protection and stuff like that. And one of, one of them wasn't a real vendor, Ryan. One of them was a bunch of guys in whatnot jerseys <laughs> yelling while opening packs in front of their cameras, Ryan. That's what one of the vendor slots was. That's right. One of them was doing a uh, what a whatnot stream. That's right. And they were just yep. screaming, you know, the as they time. opened up It's like pack. screaming and they opened like a $4 rare. Let's go, yeah. baby. Yeah, it was just like, oh, gosh, this is brutal. You're right. That was one of the vendors. <laughs> the vendors. I say with huge air quotes, the vendors. Um. They said, oh, we're going to have a CDH tournament on Saturday. Be there, be square. Oh, okay. Oh, we're going to go. So Zach entered the tournament. Uh, one round one. Uh, it, oh, by the way, single elimination. My apologies. It was single elimination tournament, which was already just like, whatever. Okay. I, I could have sworn Channel Fireball has thrown tournaments in the past. I could be wrong. But so single elimination tournament. They went through, and Zach, first pod, he won. So, yeah, good for him, Blue Farm. And second pod, there was three people in it. They couldn't coordinate the pods on a single elimination. And from what Zach had said, there was a bunch of three-player pods. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, I was the unfortunate person who didn't get the four-player pod. There was a bunch of them that were just three players. So you could just tell they were just not equipped to handle that whatsoever. And it didn't work. And then he got his prize wall tickets for his prize. And we made our way over to the prize wall. And we went to the prize wall. And I mean, the best thing I could say about the prize wall was that it was just full of their warehouse overstock. Like it was it was pathetic. It was the best way I could put it. It was awful. They had play mats from four plus five plus years ago. They had like Kaladesh play mats. Like, that's what they had. And, and, like, some miscellaneous sleeves. And, oh, don't forget, you could get some Baldur's Gate, you know, packs and stuff like that. It was it was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was a horrible, horrible prize wall. Um, and so that was a lot of the stuff that happened, kind of, kind of trying to wrap this up, I guess. Uh, they tried to, <clears throat> we set up on Saturdays, like I said, to move, to record and stuff like that. Someone came up to us in the middle of a recording and said, hey, can you move? And we were like, we're, we want to kind of, you know, be next to this competitive EDH giant banner that you have set up. So we know so people kind of can find us. We're like literally in the middle of this big open uh, play space area. And they were like, hey, could you guys move? We, You know, is there any way that you guys I was like and I honestly told him, I said, I'd rather not, you know, because we have this and, and we're literally recording in the middle of a game. We have the footage of the lady talking to us. And we were like, could we, I would prefer if we didn't, if that's okay with you. 
um, because we kind of have our setup here and it's kind of it's kind of a fuss to move around. And so she's like, "Okay, no problem. Uh, We won't we won't do it. So they came and they took the big competitive ED8 sign and they moved it away from us. And I was just like, you know, why do you why do you got to do that? Why why do you have to be that way? Um, Almost the weekend was just full of stuff like that. I went in to the flesh and blood area. Uh, Steve Argyle was there, a guy who did the Liliana, the Veil, the OG one. Got to talk to him for a while. Um, that was really cool. That was really fun. That wasn't part of Command Fest, but that was still really fun. Got some stuff signed from him. Got some artist proofs and stuff. But the Command Zone, the Command Fest Vegas itself was the the convention part itself was awful. I mean, it was easily worst one I'd been to all year long. Um, but so there is a pro to that. There, it, there was some good things that happened. Was we got to go to the West Coast and meet a bunch of West Coast people, like a lot of people from the Command Zone. Yeah, um, got to meet a lot of the Command Zone staff. Especially, I hung out with Shauna and Murph and uh, Jake Boss a lot. That was that was a blast. It was nice. It was nice to meet them, hang out with them a little bit. Um, I beat Jimmy Wong. In a in a game of uh, Baldur's Gate sealed uh, draft, so mm-hmm. the initiative is broken. Write that down. Um, mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> meeting a lot of the people there was a lot of fun, and so that was definitely the high point of the weekend. I, I know it's about the gathering and stuff like that, and so all of these things can really make for a really bad weekend. To finally just you know kind of kick us in the crotch right at the end of the entire thing, our flight got canceled. So we had to we I had to call work, tell them I couldn't make it, take a vacation day because of my stupid flight was canceled. That has nothing to do with command zone, by the way, or command fest. So that's not command fest's fault. But then we went and saw Ka, one of the Cirque du Soleil shows. And Zach and I were like, that was the best part of the weekend. The best part of the weekend was going to see a Las Vegas show. Anyway, that's enough ranting and raving about that. They did a very poor job. Um, I put out this criticism not to just slam on them. Uh, it's so they can they can they can do better. They take this. Hopefully, they can take this criticism and this feedback and just say, "Hey, these little things can matter." Um, and hopefully, they'll you know they'll take that feedback and go back to and maybe put on a better one next time. I don't know. Yep. I hope the, you know, I hope that out there, uh, an employee of Channel Fireball LLC, I mean, um, TCG Player LLC, um, I mean, eBay eBay. LLC. LLC, eBay's an LLC. (laughs) (laughs) eBay, (laughs) INC. Yeah, I'm about to say, uh, INC co.ltd, maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But... Now that Ryan has gotten all that out of his system, we're going to let him cool down. We're going to yes, take a really yes. quick ad break here, and then we'll be back to breeze through some events and maybe tell you a little bit about how you should prepare to go to one of these. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for sitting through that amazing ad read by, I'm sure, none others than yours truly. Um, helps support the podcast, gives Ryan the money he needs to sustain his burgeoning family of adopted animals. And... Um, uh, it gives me a tiny little bit of money too. Thanks everybody. Thanks for being here today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, three command fests. That's what our schedule looked like. Um, Richmond and Vegas were back to back. There was a little bit of a break. And then we went off to command fest Indy. 
Um, as I alluded to earlier, this one definitely failed like they had some more time to prepare. Um, they invited some content creators, including us. Um, they had panels with CAG members, uh, with Sheldon. Sheldon Mennery was there, um, and uh, they had some talks with him. They had some, hey, sit down and play magic with these content creators at different time blocks, um, like Sheldon and Covert Go Blue and others. But uh, it felt it felt much more, they had many more side events beyond, like obviously they still had Baldur's Gate drafts going on, but they had more mystery convention booster slots. They had other limited formats available, um, that kind of stuff. There was just like more going on a little bit beyond just Commander, which made for a more varied experience, all that kind of stuff. But we also did things entirely differently in that since uh, we had spent so much money on flying to Vegas and flying to Richmond, you know, flying like eight people to Richmond and all that kind of stuff. We're like, Indy's really close to us. What if we just tried driving out early on a Saturday and then coming home when we're tired? And that's what we did. Um, no hotels. Took the hour and a half drive out from good old Cincy Dayton area and, you know, left that evening. Um, I had fun. It was kind of nice to only be there for one day and like nice little day trip. And then it, it it left me wanting more rather than being like exhausted at the end of the week on my red eye fly back to Columbus to work the next day kind of thing. I left and I was like, man, I wish we could come back tomorrow, but I had a blast. Yeah, I definitely felt the same way. We were trying out different things because we had kind of done, you know, a certain amount of times where we kind of followed a formula. We went, got there Friday, went through Sunday, and kind of talked about what we already talked about. And we were like, okay, well, just kind of parroting what you said, we let's try this because it's an indie. Let's try a one day event and see how it does. And I felt the exact same way. I had a great time. I felt like I wasn't ready to leave yet. I felt like we were kind of almost leaving too early. I was like, wow, it's over already. This is this feels too short. Well, um, we 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 got kicked out when they closed the hall and then yeah. we went to the hotel bar and then we drove home at two o'clock. In the morning. <laughs> OK, but still, <laughs> it still felt like it wasn't enough, you know, <laughs> It was a it was a one day event. I had a, we brought the camera equipment, so we kind of did what we would do on Saturdays, um, except for we kind of did a little bit of combining. So normally, like I said, Friday is our scout the area and do the vendor thing. Saturday is the work day. Sunday is kind of the recovery day. And so we kind of, for lack of a better word, did Friday and Saturday both together. And we set up the camera and we said, "All right, somebody is there." You're on shift, if you will. You know, it's still playing magic, so shift, you know. Uh, but, you know, and everyone else kind of went and, went and did the Friday thing. And when they were done with the Friday thing, they started to uh, go and play magic and they did the shifts under the camera. But we really, it really got to the point where it was like, wow, I can't believe this day is like they're kicking us out. It's, this day is over. Uh, and so it kind of let us know. <sighs> Three is maybe a little too many for my old self and one is too little. So like a two day is almost perfect for me. However, I'm not going to leave on Saturday night when the lobby con's about to start. So you're going to have to you're going to have to stay through Sunday anyway. But <laughs> but overall, it was it was a good event. I liked it. Um, you could tell that they were starting to get their groove a little bit more. But also the fatigue was starting to set in a little bit, too. This was when we started to notice not only a fatigue from the attendees, 
you know, because the attendance was waning a little bit. It wasn't as packed as the other ones we had seen. This wasn't the first one in Indy, for example, or in this, you know, Midwest slash East area. Um, and just there wasn't as many vendors that were always there and there wasn't as many artists that were there. And this isn't this isn't a knock against them because I get it. You know, as the summer wears on, you only have so much money to go to these events. You only have so much time off, you know, off to be able to go to these events. And it was just starting to wear a little bit. Now, the people who threw this on, who was it again? Um, was it? It was it past time. It was, it was past times. It was yep. past times. Past times. Past time yep. did a fantastic job. They did a great job on the event. No, no complaints from them on that. They did a really good job. But it was just there was things maybe a little bit beyond their control. Uh, but overall, still fantastic event. Um, I love the fact that I could drive to it. Uh, I really, um, I want to want to say uh, we uh, Cal and I were on a panel while we were there. That's true. Talking about uh, content that was creation. interesting. It was a very interesting panel, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> some, other, some other content creators talking about what it's like to get down in the trenches and make some Magic the Gathering videos. Yep. How to make Magic. Uh, Covert Go Blue was there. Girl yep. Named Ron was there. Yep. Um, all really Anna cool people. Yep. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Uh, all really cool people that were there. It was really neat to have them up there. Uh, Sheldon was there. Uh, we were actually told that we could play at a special table. Um, and we were like... I don't want it to feel like some sort of like club or like you got to do this or that. So we just actually decided to go play in the free play area, even though they gave us an exclusive table to play at. Um, and I like that a lot more. Um, this was that we had started to really get the idea of our signups and stuff like that a little bit more under control. The first event was very, you know, first come, first serve, which basically meant that we had times when there were people just kind of sitting around the camera table just waiting to play to like to like kind of like they were in line, if you will, which is, you know, what a cool problem, you know, but I, it didn't make for the best experience for them. And we wanted them to have a good experience playing with us, maybe showcasing their cool deck or whatever, whatever it was while they were recording. But we didn't want people to have to maybe miss an event because they were waiting <clears throat> to get under that camera. And so we implemented a sign up sheet and basically, hey, we'll just get, leave us your name and your cell phone number. We'll text you. When it's ready, you know, kind of like that, you know, reserve your spot, order ahead kind of thing. And that went, it was very successful uh, because people could go off and do their own thing and we could just text them. And, but the thing was, is that that sign up sheet filled like we couldn't hit them all in a day. It, it would fill two and a half pages deep and we could only maybe get through one and a half page total. And that it, we were still trying to figure some of that stuff out. But <clears throat> overall, Command Fest Indy was good. It did feel too short, but you know, it's because we only went for one day. It's very true. And this was the first kind of event. And it's, it was a, it's something that I hadn't really personally thought about or noticed as much. But it was the first kind of event where somebody else pointed it out to me. Um, they talked about it on Twitter a little bit, actually, was that... Um, we have a little bit of a bigger of effect at events than we might've thought we did. Um, because apparently on Friday and Sunday at SCG con Indy, uh, command fest Indy, while much of the same people was there, it was pretty hard to find pickup CEDH games. Um, but on Saturday, uh, when people knew that we were there and we were recording and all that kind of stuff, people kind of congregated around us 
And then it was easy for people to say, oh, hey, you play CDH? Let's get a game. And we kind of incidentally very naturally create a hub of CEDH at events, which is, I think, pretty cool. Pretty pretty neat that we can kind of passively have that effect on an event just by mm-hmm. being there and jamming some games. Yeah, and I think that's also a big pro for the convention, uh, people who are throwing the convention in general. Having us there allows all the CDH players to congregate around us and just say, look, here's your unofficial CEDH area. Just, just you want to go play CEDH. It's real easy to find them over there. Uh, just like you had said, they were like, it was really hard to find one on Friday and Sunday because there was no congregation of them because all CDH players are commander players. They were just in the command zone. So it was like, hey, do you play CDH? No, I don't. Okay, well, now I got to try and find this pod by like asking all these random people going throughout this thing up and down the rows. Not saying that's what they did. I'm just saying it was a lot harder to pick them out because they weren't congregated in a central area. And Having us there at those really helps that uh, future advice for anybody who wants to have us at a convention. Have yeah, I mean, if you want to have us, if you want to, uh, 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 anyways, how about the next business event, inquiries? Ryan? Uh, just check my email in the podcast. <laughs> Ryan <show>. at. <laughs> but What's but that? in all on all in all honesty, that is actually what happens, and we just didn't know that because we were the ones who were the flagpole. Uh, and we just thought it just happened anyway. And we were just like, yeah, pick up CDH games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't know it was because they were all congregating around us. It's one of those just, you don't know until somebody tells you kind of situations. And we're glad we could be that for those conventions, quite frankly. We're happy to be that. We're happy to give CDH players a place to go and play and stuff like that. That actually made me really happy to hear that. But also a little sad that, you know, if we're not at a convention, maybe it's a little bit harder to do that. Yep, for sure. Ryan, our summer moved on to Punt City. Tell me about Punt City, Ryan. So Punt City was very interesting because Punt City was like uh, the Marchesa event that you attended in March. Punt City was a CEDH tournament. Punt City sold out in like a week. It was crazy. This was the first thing. That this was the first event, I believe, that was being run by the newly formed Eminence Events. And they are, they make tournament software, they they throw, they run tournaments, they do the whole kind of shebang, they're great. They ran our recent Mox Masters tournament, and they did so flawlessly, they did a fantastic job. Well, this was their first one, it was in August, I believe. Um, Basically, this was just a fantastic weekend, kind of parroting what you had said earlier about Marchesa. It was basically an entire room filled with people just like us that were just in here for the exact same reason and went to have a good time. And it was primarily a tournament, but they also had a few side events as well. And it was still a lot of the same vibes, you know, like, hey, let's get there. Let's, you know, do the tournament thing. But afterwards, let's do lobby con kind of stuff and and do that whole get together and that that whole the whole gathering part, like I had mentioned earlier. Um, we stayed in a, cl- a hotel that was very close. So there was no, there was no like big commuting and all this other stuff and, and all the travel and expense associated with that. Uh, Punt City was located in, uh, Pennsylvania. It was in 
Pennsylvania. Maybe? It was it was in a Pittsburgh, suburb Pennsylvania? of it was in a suburb of um, Philadelphia. Okay, so it was in Philadelphia, suburb of Philadelphia. <laughs> yep. So it was like four or five hour drive away. Once again, for us, we're very fortunate to have a lot of these events near us, which is really nice. Um, but you know, we we were kind of learned our lesson after the whole Airbnb thing and stuff like that. We're like, no, we're gonna. This is being thrown in a hotel. We're going to stay in that hotel or a hotel close to it. And that was a lot of fun because uh, you didn't have to do a whole bunch of extra traveling. You can kind of do it your own thing. It wasn't a big deal. Had a lot of fun there. Uh, funny thing was Mike and I didn't actually sign up to the tournament. Uh, Zach and you, Cal, you signed up to the tournament. And we're going to play yep. in it. And then Mike and I, like we were, we were talking to a lot of the Eminence people because we're all friends with them. And they were like, hey, we got two spots left. Maybe you should just sign up. You know, it'd be no big deal, right? Let's just do it. And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. I'm not I'm not prepared for this tournament. I don't play in tournaments and stuff. I just play CDH. I just have a good time. They're like, ah, come on. It'll make the pods even. And I was like, all right, let's just do it. <laughs> so I had I had a Godo deck with me. Mike had Winota with him. And it was it was a lot of fun. Had a really, really good time. They 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 threw the event very well. Very few snags in their system for the first time they were running it. Um, I had made a post on Twitter. Long story short, they had run their first event better than some of these people that have been doing it for years. This was one of the more better run events I have seen in my days, uh, including this summer. You know, this summer we went to a lot of events. So we have a lot of comparisons that are very recent to piggyback off of. And this was one of the best ones that we had seen run. Definitely agree. Had a blast, even though I scrubbed out of the tournament. Unfortunately, this is so sad. I took the big L, went the 04 drop, baby, on day one. It's what I get for swapping to Najila win compile at the last second rather than just playing my trusty, trusty uh, teamer pirates. Yep. But you switched it like the 11th hour. It was it was like <laughs> yeah, at yeah. 1 a.m. the the morning before. I was just jamming games and Zane, better known as Rob, who I talk to often because well, we both like that Teamer Pirates thing and he's a good friend of mine now. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> we he was like, "I think that this deck is like way better than Teamer Malcolm." And I looked through it and I was like, "Yeah, this is just Nigila Wincons.deck. It's yeah. like what it is. It's just like all the free interaction and Adnaz and all the compact Wincons." I was like, you know what? Why not? I'll I'll just I'll just play this, cast Najila on turn one every game and see how it goes. And that's what I did. And it did not go well because I it played against not. I I, I oh, in, in three of my four games, an opponent played Deafening Silence on turn one. And then I looked at my hands full of mana rocks and said, Huh, I'm not gonna be in this game. <laughs> and that's what happened in three of the four games. <laughs> oh jeez. That's brutal. I, but, I played Goto Bandit Warlord because it was like uh, this is the only one I have. That's an yep. all paper. That's all real because they had a, they did have a proxy policy while they were there, and um, I brought I brought Goto in. I went two two one. That's what I went. I actually almost made uh, top sixteen, but just that last game just didn't end up working out. I was going first when they did the pods, but then a bunch of people didn't show up because and they forgot to tell them they dropped, so they had to redo the pods. And I went from going first to going fourth. Oh, and brutal. I was just like, well, this, I, I guess, I guess not. Sometimes that just happens. And there's a big conversation about sea orders and stuff like that. So we won't get into that here. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't make the top 16. But Mike did. 
Mr. I'm going to sign up at 1150 at night before the cutoff, decided to bring Winoda, made top 16, made top four, and won the tournament. <laughs> just yep. just amazing. well for himself. Yep. Yeah, just amazing. And I was just hats off to Mike for how amazing that is. It's such a cool accomplishment. You can tell what a good player Mike is. By just casually rolling in 10 minutes till cut off and say, yeah, I guess I'll go and win this tournament. Why not? <laughs> so Mike is a very accomplished and experienced player. Hats off to him. He did, he did a fantastic job at the tournament, but we all had an absolute blast. Um, a lot of the LobbyCon stuff was going on at that one as well. And we uh, played Cube twice, played Commander Cube twice in that uh, evening uh, it, throughout that weekend. And boy, what a fun time that was. Uh, had a lot of fun. The, the whole event was really great. Um, congrats to Mike. You know, we had to yeah. drive home because he had to take so long winning that tournament. Yeah, everybody <laughs> got to, home real late. Yeah, I had to get home real late. We had to leave late because of him. Jeez, Mike. But but for real, the tournament was really well run. It was one of the better things we went to this year. And, you know, and that was, you know, up against people like Channel Fireball and Star City Games. So really good event. Yep, much the much the same as Marchesa for me. It was great to just be there and hang out with a lot of like-minded people and jam a lot of CEDH games and draft the Commander Coliseum, Commander Cube. Shout out to Mr. Zebedee. Yes. Another Dayton local. Um, so, yeah, Punt City, great from top to bottom. Love Eminence, loved the event. Um, and then we went from maybe the highlight of the summer to maybe the the, the unfortunate low light of the summer. Um, <laughs> the last event that we have gone to uh, was SCG Con Columbus. Uh, I was real excited for Columbus because uh, that's where I live. Convention Center is an eight minute drive from my house. Finally, no more. I- even sitting in the car for an hour and a half is, you know, it can it can get a little tiring, especially on the way home. You know, no sitting in the airport for hours at a time, no dealing with hotels, get to sleep in my own bed. Woo! And then it was probably the least attended major event I have ever seen, which is very unfortunate. It was on a holiday weekend. It was on Labor Day weekend. Um, Hotels were wildly expensive for the weekend because Saturday was Ohio State Buckeyes football opening day versus Notre Dame, another local team that is ranked and was very good. So absolutely like probably the biggest or second biggest college football game of the year in like the second biggest college football city in the United States on a holiday weekend. So hotels were packed. Uh, So people who wanted to come in from out of town skipped because the hotels were so expensive. Uh, People who might've come from in town or from out of town who didn't care as much about hotel costs probably already had Labor Day weekend plans all that kind of stuff. Um, it was so wildly dead. I have a very sad picture from like Sunday at like 10, which is usually a pretty busy time, you know, before people start scooting out of like three people in the command zone and they aren't even playing. They're just there like cracking packs. So that was about, that was about the mood for the weekend. Yeah, pretty much that. I mean, everything was wildly expensive. Uh, you could tell that, People have felt the fatigue. They they definitely they've gone to the events. I mean, this was like number this is event number five or whatever in our you know greater vicinity of Midwest slash East. 
So like if you were going, you, you were probably going to all of the other ones. And it was just getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, Labor Day weekend, football opening weekend. And, and just so all of this stuff culminated into just a just a really bad turnout. It was, it was just bad timing. And um, the con wasn't bad. Like they didn't do things wrong or anything. They were just an unfortunate victim of this is just a bad date to do this on. Um, and it. But that also kind of led into the gathering part, which I've mentioned multiple times now, where it's like, if there's not people to play, this isn't a good convention. Yep. Um, we brought two cameras because we kept having the sign up sheet problem. You know, like we were like, OK, let's let's bring a second camera to see if we can maybe get through this list or whatever. We didn't and, have a sign up sheet problem at Columbus. Yeah, we did not have a sign up sheet problem. <laughs> there wasn't people there to play. It was just it was so dead. Uh, the command zone, like you said, was really bad. Anyway, so it, it was completely dead because of it. And as such, uh, it really kind of put a damper on the whole weekend. Uh, not to say it was bad, like, oh, it was run poorly or anything, because it was run fine. It really was. Uh, they still kept things like the safety mandates, like we still had to wear masks indoors and stuff like that. Whereas a lot of other places that were not conventions have it have since dropped those requirements. Like if you took a flight to get to Columbus, you didn't have to wear a mask on the flight, but had to wear a mask in the convention, which, you know, props to them for sticking to their guns. And you can have opinions what you will about that and stuff like that. But at least they were staying consistent and adhering to the needs and the feedback of the people that were requesting it. So good for them. And, <clears throat> but overall, just the attendance wasn't there. And as such, you, you need people to play, to play this game. And there just weren't people there to play. It was also an SEG con. It was not a command fest. So that was another thing. Another thing about this was we asked them, hey, once again, it, do you do any sort of catering to you know, uh, content creators in, into this place or whatever. And basically they said, no, not even, not, not one red cent for it. And we also, after that had happened and it had happened a couple of other times as well, they used to do it in the beginning, but I think they got so kind of their budget got so exhausted that I think that they weren't able to maybe do that. I, I would guess, especially for Columbus, they, they knew the writing was kind of on the wall mm -hmm. where, um, they they could see the the numbers of people who are buying tickets and figured that their budget was not going to stretch that far. Yep, which exactly. I, I get it. I do too, to a degree. Um, you know, I understand that if something gets cut, maybe it's not the you know free entry to the command zone. It is not. It's usually probably the first thing on the chopping block, especially since that's kind of where they're. That's where they're. No, no, no I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. I take that back. That's this is an SCG con. This is not a command fest. So, uh, you know, taking, you know, not not giving those tickets. There was no opportunity cost. I wasn't playing in the main event, you know, so I, I don't know. Either way, uh, I'm, I'm not I don't have privy to their books. I, I do agree with you, Cal. I think that there is probably something to be said there that they're like, we're not making any money on this event. I can't afford to also have you come here for free as well. Um, and so overall, just no attendance and therefore just pretty much dead. Um, the rest of the weekend was really fun, though. We got to play at LobbyCon again. It was a highlight of the weekend, quite frankly. It was one of the best LobbyCons we had done. Uh, we had a really good time with everyone who was there who did show up, and we would just play CDH with them all night long. Had a lot of fun with that. 
All right, so yeah, SCGCon Columbus was our, well, second to last big event of the year. We're going to Summit in a little under two weeks. Very excited for that. Yep. But um, we decided, you know, we, we've gained some knowledge this summer um, from going to a lot of events, um, some pitfalls you might fall into, some tips we have, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we share a few tips. Um, I, we, we wrote a few things down, and I can see now that we've kind of already mentioned most of these, but it's always good to reiterate especially if you've never gone to one of these events before. My really big one is don't weigh yourself down with a ton of decks. Even if you're going to be in the command zone, I know it sounds like a good idea, but by the end of the week, you'll your shoulders will be hurting, your back will be hurting because you carried around a backpack of nine decks. And I promise you, you will probably play like three decks max on the weekend, unless you are sitting in the command zone, getting consistent games from 10 a.m. until 7 p.m. every night and purposefully swapping around your decks. But you will be surprised how quickly time passes, um, especially if you know if you know people who are there and you're hanging out with people some, you'll be surprised by how few games of Magic you actually play in the convention hall. So really, really think about how many decks you're bringing, especially if you're flying, especially if you're going to be on the convention hall, in the convention hall a lot, if you don't like have an easy way to get rid of your backpack when you're like going to dinner or whatever, uh, especially com commander decks are not light. They really add up really fast. So, um, you know, by, by the end of the summer, I was bringing like three decks and I played two of them. So that, that, that would definitely be one of my tips. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Having, uh, I got a really big backpack and was trying it out because it was part of a product uh, that we were testing and got a, you know, sample copy of or whatever. And I packed like 10 decks in it. Now, a pro of that thing was it was like, hey, you know, it's really good support for carrying heavy weight and stuff. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter because that many decks will just weigh you down over time. And you're absolutely right. I personally bring like six decks and I still only play like four of them. Um, if you're playing competitive commander, you're usually sticking to one or two decks. You might adjust it according to the pod. Oh, there's no blue in this pod. Let me bring out a deck that has blue. Um, or if you're playing regular commander, the games go longer. You're playing hour plus games a lot of times. And so as such, you're still not switching that deck as much and you um, might adjust to your pod, but you're not going to bring 10 decks for 10 power levels. You're not going to play those. Nobody plays one power level. And if you're playing 10, you're playing CDH. So it's like you don't need that many decks and you don't need all of the accessories that you think you need. I saw people bringing fat packs with their tokens in it. And no, I'm like, well, that is some, a mistake. You need some D6. And trust me, the tokens you need, you can fit four of them into your Ultra Pro 100 Plus or your Boulder or whatever. They just They just go in there. It's nice. Yeah, or your Dragon Shield Nest 100 Cal <laughs> sponsored by Dragon Shield. <laughs> Those inferior decks that Cal mentioned, or the superior Dragon Shields. Pick up a copy today. Exactly. I do like I do like my Nest 100. I have I have one. I have exactly one Nest 100. I like it a lot. So, but I mean, you're absolutely right, Cal. You want to bring only a few number, keep your backpack and your accessories and all that stuff as light as possible. I know that you might be one who just loves to bring around all those tokens and say, oh, I have a, I need a 2-2 snake with dead touch. And you're like, oh, good, I've got that for that random deck that I don't even own. You will regret 
carrying around those tokens at the end of the convention. Because number one, you are carrying around when you're going around the vendor booths and stuff like that. And number two, you're always slogging it around the table. You know, you're always having to kick it around the table because this hobby is not cheap. You know, it is not uncommon for you to be carrying around $10,000 plus in these backs, in these backpacks. And so you don't want it out of your sight for even one second. And as such, you're making sure that it's always around your leg or, or you have make sure that you have it available. And so you're always kicking the dumb thing around. And it just becomes really cumbersome when it's a really big bag with a lot, a lot of decks in it. And I see a lot of people make that mistake early on. Uh, we were we were one of them. And we learned over the course of the summer not to bring a ton of decks. Bring like four. I bring six. Uh, I bring it in a uh, a camera bag that's so light that it doesn't even feel like six. And even at the end of the year, I I I it brought it went down to about four, like you said. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, by by Columbus, I brought two CDH decks, literally just for recording diversity. Because if it was my choice, I would just bring team or pirates and play it all the time and pick up games and stuff because that's the deck i like to play but people oh, we, don't know. Want to see, we know people don't, <laughs> we know we know people people don't want to see the same decks every video they should though people <laughs> should lose the glenhorn buccaneer on our channel every week brian <laughs> but um but uh and and then i brought a pre-con deck and i played a lot of pre-con games with people which is a lot of fun yeah bring bring four decks and trust me, you will probably not use one of them the yep. entire weekend. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, beyond that, uh, we talked about it a lot, but if you know people there, hang out with them. Um, you know, Magic, uh, it's said a lot, but Magic the Gathering more and more these days, realizing it's about the Gathering. Um, playing Magic is fun. Hanging out with people with or without Magic is the funner <laughs> Uh, for me at least um, more fun so yes. <laughs> if it if it's possible to go with friends hang out with friends stay with friends whatever um if you have people in the area make sure you hit them up get them to come with you have fun have a blast go to the hotel bar get kicked out sneak back in ask us how we know that <laughs> uh i <clears throat> i agree if you have your choice of going to an event that's close to you alone or an event that's farther away with friends Plan on the one that's farther away with friends. Oh, but I could play with these guys anytime or I can play at my Elgin. It trust me when I say it's a whole different vibe when you're there because you might have four friends, but they might each split into pods of two and you might play with two completely new people you've never met before and you will have a fantastic time. You really will. <clears throat> um, it helps you get really attuned to a rule zero conversation in the casual side of things. You get really good at describing rule zero. And what your deck does and stuff like that. A lot of people, for how often they play their decks, don't really know how to describe what their deck does. Um, I hear frequently things like, oh, this is Najila. It does Najila things. Be like, that doesn't say anything. Najila can do a thousand things. Like, tell me what this deck does. And that helps us better understand a rule zero conversation in non-CDH instances. But you get really good at describing that when you're at these conventions. And you don't really have to do that when you're always in the same play group over and over again. Um, and you get new experiences, you get to see new things, get to meet new people. It's a really, really great thing to do. It's a lot of fun to basically have this trip that you plan with your friends and go to these conventions. They're a blast. I agree. And, and we, the last <laughs> thing I wrote down here, we've said it a few different times, but uh, 
I know a lot of people for group traveling or even for individual traveling have gotten into the gotten into the habit of like foregoing hotels and just getting Airbnbs and stuff. But whew, uh, especially after this summer, we saved money and our own labor and our own time and Ubering and all that kind of stuff by just swapping to hotels. It's just mm-hmm. it was cheaper. It was net cheaper, even with larger groups. We didn't have to do somebody's dishes. Granted, having a kitchen was nice sometimes, but uh, we didn't have to spend time and money Ubering back and forth between a venue that was an eight-minute drive away or a 40-minute walk, you know, kind of thing. And got to stay, have a place that's real close and all that kind of stuff. So I would heavily encourage you to look at hotels as your staying option once again, even though I know a lot of people have gotten out of the habit of doing that. Hotels over Airbnb is my is my new travel manifesto. Airbnb isn't what it was three years ago. And I think that was a big part of it. Airbnb has become something else. And they're charging a lot for your Airbnb. And they're charging a billion fees for your Airbnb. And there's the things that you don't think about from a non-monetary perspective when you stay at an Airbnb. You said it yourself. Oh, you know, I had to do somebody's dishes. Or we were going to get charged a fee. I had to make sure this and that and this other was there. Or we were going to get charged a fee. And for example, one night Friday, we were staying at an Airbnb that Friday that could have been spent playing magic all night and then crashing at our hotel room was instead was instead spent going and buying groceries for the weekend. So we could wake up and cook breakfast and then have to deal with all that. We could have been playing magic during that. But no, no, we were doing a literal grocery run to be able to do that. And we thought, oh, that's part of the experience. But as we did it, we were like, this is actually kind of a hassle. This is kind of a drag to do this. This is less time spent playing magic and more time spent just doing housework, for lack of a better word. And the bigger ones you get, like the ones that hold 10 and 12 people, no, the price does not scale cheaper with a quantity discount. It actually gets more expensive because you're renting out big houses at that point. And those big houses cost bundles of money. They cost so much money. And it's actually cheaper getting hotel rooms more often than not anymore. And it's more convenient. They'll make your bed for you. You know, you got your toiletries and stuff like that. They don't charge you a billion fees. Um, they usually have breakfast there. There's there's lots of hotels that just offer complimentary breakfast. You can grab a bagel or something on your way. And it was just so much easier because you're already doing a lot of stuff from conventions and running and going back and forth and eating and meeting up with your friends. And it's just, it's a whirlwind weekend and to not have to worry about the logistics of, Oh, we got to do the dishes before we come out this Sunday. You know, that doesn't, it's, it's, it just, it just dampers the, the weekend a bit, not a lot, but a bit. And quite frankly, if on nothing else, it's just cheaper. And, and a hotel will check your bag for you. Uh, so you don't have to, uh, on our Airbnb weekends, we were just rolling our suitcases around the convention center on mm-hmm. Sunday. It was like, hey, uh, hey, everybody here, I'm just going to tuck this under the table. Here. Yeah, let's make a pile of our laundry by the recording thing, um, mm-hmm. a pile of our luggage. Hope nobody like jigs around in my underwear. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> checking checking your bag on a Sunday is incredible. A massive boon, um, shockingly so. But all right, we're running out of time, Ryan. Well, um, th- I'm not done with my tips. Ryan, you can cut I'm out one of the conventions. Now. I'm leaving you now. <laughs> now, do you have any, do you have any more tips, Ryan? I do. As we go I do. Out? All right. Um, get the logistics out of the way, and when I say logistics, um, do the do the vendor stuff. 
uh, do the artist stuff, do that stuff first and get it out of the way. Because if you don't, a lot of times you'll be looking over your shoulder all weekend. Hey, is the Mark Teton line any shorter? Hey, are the vendors, the vendor stuff any shorter? You're constantly looking over your shoulder that weekend, wondering whether or not it's the right time. Do it and get it out of the way. And that way you can spend the rest of the weekend just focused on having fun and doing all that stuff. And meeting the artists and stuff like that is fun. Just let it be the first thing you do. Uh, and I highly recommend that, that that would be the way that you approach that. Because there are also things like where artists have to leave early. Uh, they also have flights to catch on Sunday. So don't say that to the end where you're like, I, I'm going to get in the Martina line on Sunday. And he's just not there at all. You know, he just he couldn't make Sunday. And so you just missed out. So get that all done out of the way. Sometimes their lines can be long. So that's another reason to try and get it out of the way. If you have something really long, I keep mentioning Mark Teton because his lines were ridiculous long. He would do sketches for you as you sat there and it would take like 20 minutes per person. It was crazy. So, you know, if you could have somebody maybe sit in a line for you and have them all like get the stuff like that and just be courteous to others. <laughs> so please don't let them sit in a line. Don't bring a binder of 360 signatures uh, and just expect to stand there while he signs all of them. Say, hey, I'll give this to you. Let me come back maybe tomorrow and pick them up. He's not going to steal your cards. He, he, he's an artist, you know. You, let him go back. Let, let that person sign them, and you can pick them up the next day. Um, and so I recommend that kind of thing for that. When it comes to the vendors, <clears throat> they will work with you on a lot of stuff up to a point. If they have an exceptionally rare item, if they have an exceptionally expensive item, they will not move one dollar. I have I picked up a lot of expensive things over the course of this summer. And one thing I noticed was that when it came to the really rare, really pricey stuff, the price was always the price. You did not have room to move unless you had something to trade. I bought a foil Felwar stone from, I think, 8th or 9th edition. It was, like, it was the only foil that existed. And it was pricey. It was like 300 and some dollars. I was like, hey, can I get that? And they were like, I was like, any room to move? And they're like, no, no, not, a, not one. I said, I said, it's $350. You won't go to $349. And they said, no, we won't even go $1 down. And so on certain things, they just will not move. Um, when it comes to the stuff that moves a lot, uh, I recommend picking that stuff up on Friday. If it doesn't move a lot, if it's a more expensive item, you might be able to get them to move on Sunday. If, it, if it's the difference between them having to lug it back in their case to wherever they need to go back to at the end of the day on Sunday, they might be a little bit more willing to move a little bit on those prices to get it off of their inventory, especially if they didn't have a good weekend, like if they didn't sell as much as they wanted to, they might be willing to make that transaction to get them into the black for that weekend. When it comes to the newer stuff, that stuff's going to go like if you want to get it, if you wanted to get a like a ancient copper dragon or something at the time during the Boulder's Gate one, you needed to pick it up on Friday because it wasn't going to be there on Sunday uh, because that stuff was fresh and it was new and people were always doing it. Um, if it's basically under two hundred dollars, I would probably recommend working with them on Friday, but also just picking it up on Friday. Anything over that, that stuff doesn't move as frequently. And so there's a really good chance it will be there on Sunday. So take a scan, take a lay of the land, get an idea of what card you have, kind of use them against each other a little bit. Hey, that guy's got it over there for a hundred bucks less. Can you do that? Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say no. 
respect what they say. But overall, that's kind of what I do when I try and move that stuff. But what I noticed was that the lower priced items, and when I say low, it's all relative. They are willing to move on that. They are willing to negotiate on that because they want to move that stuff. But the higher price stuff, they've been sitting on it already. And there's a lot of times when they will not do it. Not always, but sometimes they just won't move on it. Now, are you out of tips, Ryan? I have about a thousand more, but we'll go ahead and stop there. <laughs> we'll stop there. Save okay. those for the bonus episode after <laughs> right. MTG Summit. Look out for that one in your feeds, everybody. Probably dropping very soon after this one or maybe even at the same time. We'll see how ambitious we're feeling. Um, so, yeah, we hope you enjoyed um, us recapping our summer a little bit, giving you a few tips. Ryan definitely more giving some more tips than me. I just told you to not use Airbnb anymore. And That's a good tip. Not have that was a good tip by bringing less of your beloved EDH decks. Gotta gotta they kill your darlings. Is that what they say? Yep. Kill your school. darlings. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> a big thanks again to our sponsor TC Rockets, and make sure you give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast aggregator. You'd be surprised how much it helps. You can also find Playing with Power on Twitter, Facebook kind of TikTok, Instagram, and more. Um, I'm always looking for uh, ways to expand the reach of playing with power around the internet. So you never know where you'll be able to find us. Our links are in the episode notes. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. Tune in next time when we talk more about our favorite format and our favorite game, Magic the Gathering. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time. 